0: All right day 205. Welcome back to the Windows of Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see Ourselves, all right. So we pick up right where we left off with the brief moment after the actual exile, right? So, uh, Babylon has sieged Jerusalem, has destroyed Jerusalem. They pray they place this man Gedaliah as governor over Jerusalem, over the poor people of the land, and over Jeremiah, who is still left in the land. Now, the narrative gets crazy from here. You would think this is a drama, <laughs> a Netflix series drama uh, rather than the Bible, but this is actually the Bible. And so, what happens here is the cat Ishmael, right, who is apparently. From the Davidic line of the king uh, deceives the governor of the Judean province, Gedaliah, to have a meal with him, right, for the sole purpose of assassinating him, of killing him. Now, remember, at the end of chapter 40, right, Gedaliah was warned about the oncoming uh, possible murder, that this cat wanted his head, all that, right? So it actually takes place. So he has a meal with him. He kills Gedaliah, and he kills the Judeans or the Jews that were with him and some of the actual Babylonian soldiers who were in the land as well and so the next day comes um you know even before the news had got out about the murder he had committed and you know what he does he catches 80 men from the surrounding Israelite cities and clans Samaria Shiloh Shechem right that were coming to bring offerings to where the temple once was uh and Ishmael murders 70 of them, right? And and ten of them are spared because they offer him some treasure in the field, right? So all this happens. This cat Ishmael is hungry for power. Uh we see the opposition to the kingdom of God and his plan unfolding before our eyes as well. So this happens. But the cat jehoah Jehonna- Jehonahan, right, who was the leader of the army that was opposing Ishmael, comes back, um, who had actually warned Gedaliah, comes back ready to fight, right? He comes back ready to fight. He is the one who uh, warned Gedaliah, and he slaughters and battles against Ishmael's posse. I know it sounds like a lie. It's like, yo, what in the world? Um, But Ishmael escapes. (laughs) Ishmael escapes with eight people, and he goes back to the king of the Ammonites. Now, it's interesting because verse 17 says this. They left stopping in geruth uh shimham which is near bethlehem in order to make their way into egypt away from the chaldeans for they feared them because they because ishmael son of uh nathania has struck down gedaliah son of ahikam uh whom the king of babylon had appointed over the land so they strike down uh some of ishmael's army jehonahan and all the cats and Ishmael escapes but they like we not stand here as well we scared for our lives they're fearful right and so we see the interesting thing uh, we learn that Johanan and the Judeans uh, he rescues actually decide to make their way toward and back to Egypt out of fear of how Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar would respond once they found out now this is is in opposition to the word of God. Remember uh, Deuteronomy 17 and Deuteronomy 28, God said, don't go back to Egypt, right? Rely on me, rely on the power of God. I will save you. Going there, your problem is not political. Your problem is spiritual. Now they're headed back to Egypt, but 42 comes. And before arriving to Egypt, they make a pit stop to my man, Jeremiah, right? So God in his grace allows them an opportunity to encounter the word of God and the And the purposes and power of God with his prophet But the people of God that have survived the massacre By the evil, uh, insidious Ishmael Go to Jeremiah, ask him what to do, right? And inquire on the Lord on their behalf And you know what Jeremiah says, right? He's like, yo, word takes 10 days He says, all right, I'll go to the Lord for you 10 days later, the word comes Lo and behold, the word don't change (laughs) Jeremiah tells them to stay in the land And the Lord will take care of you Don't be afraid I got you right. And once again, this is a test of their loyalty. If they run to Egypt for protection or or whether they will run to Egypt for their protection or whether they'll lean on and trust in Yahweh. Nonetheless, Jeremiah gives the unexpected and unpopular answer. Right. And look, side note, you know, you've come into the contact with the word of God when you find yourself being told to do what you don't want to do. Right. If the word of God only tells you what's comfortable, what you want to hear, you're probably not listening to God's words. You're probably listening to your own. Right. And 21, he says, yo, for I've told you today, but you have not obeyed the Lord your God and everything he has sent me to tell you. Now, therefore, know for certain that by sword, famine and plague, you will die in the place where you uh, where you desire to go stay for." Wow, while he constantly reiterates not to go back to egypt or else the curses will come upon you judgment will not just come upon them in their disobedience but it will follow them they can run but they can't hide god is clear and the defiance here right of them still going to egypt when the lord said don't do it is in a sense foreknown by jeremiah and he's like yo y'all asking for guidance that you know you will ultimately ignore, and that is indicative of your hard-heartedness and sinfulness. Listen, God may be speaking to someone here today. Don't ignore him. Don't suppress the truth, right? Don't mute out his voice, all right? Chapter 43 comes, and the people accuse, once again, Jeremiah of being a liar, right, of speaking falsely. Now, mind you, this is Jehonan, right, and the 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 Jews who were spared, who who went against Ishmael, who were in the land, who were who were under Gedaliah, right, and they call him a liar. And so, guess what they do? They go to Egypt in complete contradiction to the word of God. Very first few verses of chapter forty-three highlight this for us. And you know what else? They force Jeremiah and Baruch (laughs) to come with them as well. And you see that part of being for the truth of God's word is to be falsely accused jeremiah in their eyes was a liar but what he was actually trying to do was to protect them from real lies so they end up back in egypt under this false pretense of that being where their protection would lie now verse 7 couldn't be more clear in the attempt to avoid the covenant curses of deuteronomy 28 they actually fulfill the covenant curses of deuteronomy 28 the irony here god's purposes are going to be fulfilled right so verse 9 comes and the lord says this pick up some large stones and set them in the mortar of the brick pavement that is the opening of Pharaoh's palace at ta T- top and he's right, do this in the sight of uh, the Judean men and tell them this is what the Lord of armies the God of Israel says I will send for my servant uh, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and I will place his throne on these stones that I've embedded and he will pitch his pavilion over them in other words we have another prophetic sonnet and essentially Jeremiah is symbolically showing that where Egypt once ruled Nebuchadnezzar will now rule he's gonna come and he's gonna execute judgment on Judah in Egypt and as a result uh, as a result of their sin now just as the temple in Jerusalem was burned <laughs> so now the temple in Egypt will be burned as well What? Well, happened? happens is this um it's interesting because this takes place just as it was prophesied through jeremiah in 568 67 bc so in other words jeremiah prophesized this earlier and it actually took place right in 568 and 567 bc right uh some odd 20 something years after jerusalem's uh temple was destroyed uh babylon invades egypt now again the covenant curses are unfolding before our eyes deuteronomy 28 deuteronomy 28 the lord said if you disobey if you turn your back on me you chase idols you turn away from me this is what's going to happen it's going to happen god's promises of blessing or god's promises of judgment are just as sure as his promises of blessing the lord promised for a reversal listen a reversal of their redemptive history a reversal of their covenant history right um if you remember this for free too if you remember, Abraham came out of where? He was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans in chap, uh, Genesis chapter 11 into Genesis chapter 12. And he went to where? God said, yo, come out of this land. I'm going to call you and I'm going to bless you. And through you, I'm going to bless the world. And I need you to go to Canaan. So, so Abraham comes from this place called Ur of the Chaldeans. Chaldean is another word for Babylon. So Abraham comes out of Babylon, goes to Canaan. Israel, check this out, was in the Canaan, the promised land, the land God promised to give them after coming out of Egypt. But guess what he says? I'm going to take you to Babylon. So you see the reverse right Israel's history starts with Abraham by the way this is why Paul when he argues for the gospel in the midst of the Jews he's like no 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 check it go back to Abraham he always goes back to Abraham in his arguments now um, the their, their redemptive history was from Babylon to Canaan now you see it going back from Canaan to Babylon you see the reversal now second thing Egypt they're going a- actually back to physical Egypt in this text right so Israel had been liberated from slavery and oppression out of Egypt, and you see the Lord reversing that here, where they go back into Egypt. And so God's uh, promises of judgment are just as sure as His promises of blessing. Psalm so 44. Jeremiah prophesies to the entire nation, and the sad thing is, the nation is still worshiping idols, even in Egypt. <laughs> right and the people respond violently and pridefully to what my man jeremiah is saying he just he just get the short end of the stick every time right and they're like yo when we invoked the queen of heaven things were going well for us right so in other words i said no no when we was working with this pagan god things were actually going well but now that we stopped bad things like famine and plague have come upon us we good we're gonna keep doing us in other words the people of judah believed that they were experience, what they were experiencing was because of the displeasure of a pagan god rather than the god of the bible and it's just you just see the confusion and the hard-heartedness in this text and i think we learn a few things one listen will you obey god even when his commands don't make sense Will you obey him when it, even when his commands don't make sense two are we so wrapped up in ourselves and so infatuated with ease and comfort and external well-being that we will do whatever to secure it even if it means turning our back on the lord right three from jeremiah's perspective will we continue to preach the message of the gospel until death even if we don't see the change that we desire in our lifetime are we that faithful to the lord's word his promises and his covenant i say that because chronologically speaking this is the last prophetic message that jeremiah gave he didn't give any more and the rest of the oracles against the nations that finish off this book are actually before uh what happens in this chapter i want to leave you with those questions today i pray that these will search your heart that you would stay faithful to the lord jesus and to his word and what he's called you Let's pray. God, we ask for faithfulness. We ask that you would keep us faithful regardless of where society and where uh, the influence is going, Lord. I pray that even if we don't see the change in our lifetime, that we will remain faithful to the task you gave us to do.